Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Ram Nation. We are back, unfortunately, breaking down yet another border war loss. CSU falls to Wyoming up in Laramie, 24 to 15. Long, long day, long night, about 13 hours in total between the commute covering the game and all that. And obviously it's gonna be a lot of content creation this weekend, but like all of you, I am at a loss for words at this point. The Rams are 1-19 in in their last 20 trophy games over the last eight years. They've beaten Air Force, CU, or Wyoming one time, and it was in COVID. The fans weren't even in the stands. Last time CSU fans had an opportunity to see the Rams hold a trophy in person up in Laramie on November 7, 2015. Wyo's now taken seven of the last eight, three in a row. Yeah, it's just... It's baffling. It really is at this point. I I just don't even know what to say in in regards to this streak. There's no common theme other than CSU coming up short, I suppose. I mean, that's three coaches, a whole bunch of different quarterbacks, systems, players. All the games have been different. They've lost in a variety of ways. But the, the fact of the matter is the shortcomings in these games that matter, the biggest games of the year, the ones that truly define your season, it's it's something that's got to change if the Rams are ever going to be relevant again, because even if they do sneak into a bowl game this year, and I do think it's still on the table, we'll get to that a little bit later on. It's still going to feel somewhat hollow. Obviously it was huge to finally beat Boise state. You could kind of poke some holes in that and say it was fluky to it, to a degree. And that's probably fair. At the same time, you know, they were able to pull it out. You know, it, it still is a win. But it, it was really disappointing. It was really deflating to see the Rams just basically lay an egg in the most important game of the season. If you're able to win it, obviously beating your biggest rival. I mean, that's huge. That's the type of stuff that that's the type of stuff you think about years later. But more than anything, it just would have given them so much breathing room going into these final three weeks. Now it puts so much pressure on you. They've they've lost three in a row. That that went over Boise feels like a long time ago at this point. And it, it was just really disappointing. I appreciate all you guys hopping on the stream with me this morning. If you could hit a thumbs up on YouTube, I'd appreciate it. I will get to your questions and comments as the show goes on. Um, most of that will be in the, the third segment, but I'll answer some stuff as it goes as well. I felt like it was a slow start, but CSU kind of settled into the game. 
you know, they were able to take advantage of that missed 55 yard field goal, which that was big. The, the game really could have gotten out of hand in that first half. And you have to, you have to credit the defense for, for keeping this tight. Cause I think this is a game that could have gotten pretty lopsided pretty easily, but they just weren't able to establish any type of consistency, unfortunately. And despite, you know, hanging around, it's 10, seven at halftime. You haven't played great, but you did mount one good scoring drive in that first half. Ironically, after Tory went down, they were able to get in some rhythm on that drive, put some points on the board, nice play design ends with a touchdown for Lewis Brown. But that third quarter was just so huge. I mean, that's, that's really the, the, that's the whole story in this one. Hoyland, he misses that second field goal. You're down three. You have the ball. You have an opportunity to tie, potentially even take the lead. And instead, it, it results in an interception, unfortunately. You know, it, it was a bad decision from Braden Fowler Nicolosi. He had a pretty rough game. I mean, he did make some plays in this one, but those interceptions were brutal. He had some missed throws as, as well in the first half that, went for incompletions, but I mean, you just, you can't have those turnovers in that spot, unfortunately. And I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. Jay Norvell certainly didn't post game. He took all the blame, which is admirable. There's a lot of coaches that would have handled that differently, but I mean, you just, you can't make it, especially that, that first pick. He's just, he's trying to force it. It's third down. I get it. You're trying to make a play, but you give Wyoming a short field and, they immediately take advantage, you know, it, it, it just, it broke that game wide open. And then even after you get the ball back and unfortunately throw another interception. And that one was, it was just a missed coverage. He never saw the linebacker it was less about the decision, more about the read, but it, it just, that was the game. I mean, 14 points, bang, boom, all of a sudden it flips. And that, that was the turning point was, those interceptions in the third quarter, it's a three-point game with 9.21 left in the third. And you have a chance to do something, like I said, potentially tie the game or take the lead. It becomes a 17-point game over the next eight minutes. Tough. I mean, you got to credit the, the Rams for not laying down. There have been many times over the years where CSU, I think of the, the game in Laramie in 2021, for instance, where they basically just kind of lay down and the game gets out of hand. That didn't happen after, you know, Braden and you have the miscommunication with Jacob Gardner on the fumbled snap. Justice Ross Simmons, great effort play to, to chase him down at the goal line defense gets a goal line stand at the end. Again, a, a lot of credit to these guys for playing hard for not letting it completely get away from them. But I mean, efforts kind of the, kind of the bare minimum here. So it's just, it's really disheartening. It, it really is. I mean, I've for months been telling you that this team has improved. And I think as a whole, we have seen an improvement from this past season, but I think it's also fair to say that it has not been enough. And it's just really frustrating that at this stage of the season, we're still seeing this much inconsistency that a lot of the same issues that are, that are costing the Rams on a, week-to-week basis are still persisting. And I just, I want to see this team break through because you see that they have talent and you get Tori and Mo and all these guys. And some of these younger guys are really starting to break out as well, but they just, they have not been able to establish any type of consistency. They haven't played one four quarter game 
this entire season where, you know, it was really solid on both sides for four quarters. Lewis Brown did look solid. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know how you turn this around. I don't know how you start winning these games that matter. Because like I said, there's just no common theme amongst the the shortcomings other than the fact that they just continue to lose these games. So it's it's really disheartening. We're going to keep breaking it all down. Um, again, I appreciate all you guys in the comment section. Hit the thumbs up. Um, man. That, that drive when you're coming back from Laramie is just brutal. And that's four times in a row now I've made that trip only to come back. And uh, yeah, it's rough. Uh, I'm going to get to a couple of your comments here. Um, we'll start with this one from Matt. Wouldn't si- mind seeing Clay Millen. I, I don't think they're going to go back to Clay. I mean, the offense is what it is. And frankly, the the highs that we've seen from the offense this year are a result of things that Braden has proven he can do that Clay can't. Now, he's also hurt the t- team at times with some really erratic decision-making, and that's something where Clay ha- has definitely proven to, to be a little bit less risky, but you've got to score points. And I don't know, we just have a pretty large sample size with Millen at this point where he hasn't shown to be that guy. Now, maybe we see some Jackson Brousseau at some point. I I will say that as much potential as I think BFN has, and I I think he's a very talented young man. I think he's, he's got an it factor to him. He plays with some swagger, which is great. He also looks like a red shirt freshman out there and he makes a lot of, a lot of poor decisions at times. I do think you're going to have to have some type of competition this spring, whether it's between BFN and Brousseau or maybe some of these, these other guys get into the mix Stratton. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I will say though, I don't think you can just, I don't think you can just throw in the towel on BFN at this point, because I think if the Rams are going to figure it out, if they are going to make a bowl, it's going to largely be because he kind of figures it out here down the stretch and is able to make some of these big time plays while also not putting the team in harm's way with some of these, these costly decisions. And Norvell said post game that a lot of that is on the staff. It's again, admirable. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. I like that. He didn't throw his quarterback under the bus. I think there are some things he can definitely do to help out the quarterback, you know, not getting them in these second and third and longs consistently. I know they want to run the ball and they need to do it, but that they're just struggling to do it consistently. And one of the things that I want to ask Jay about, and I will at some point over the next week is at what point do you consider potentially going back to the pistol, which is something we saw a lot in that, that first season. And they actually ran the ball pretty well out of it downhill with Morrow. I think it gives you a little bit more variety with the plays that you're able to throw. And that's one of the benefits you have. If you're under center, obviously is you can just, be a lot more flexible with the run game. You know, some of the stuff you can do zone read, um, you can do some traps, you know, you can stretch run. There's all kinds of stuff you can do to mix it up where, you know, when you're going out of the gun with the, the running back next to you, you're, you're really the only option is to just kind of hand it to him. And I guess you can go off tackle or you can go up the middle. You can go as soon as it's handed to you, or you could go with a delayed draw, but you just don't have that much flexibility. And I do think there's some things there in, in terms of, scheme and play call that maybe they can, they, they can mix up and just kind of, 
I don't know, shake some things up. But I got a question from Tyler here. Does Jay need to hand off play calling to a true OC? Maybe. I mean, I'm, I've never inherently been a fan of head coaches also calling plays. I just think there's so much that goes into managing a game when you are a head coach that having two dedicated coordinators can be a really huge advantage. And I do think they have a lot of trust for Matt Mummy. I don't know. Mummy called some called plays at Nevada at one point, and then Norvell took over for him. Maybe we see. I, I, I don't know. A question from Brett here. There were two drives that they left Peasley on the open sideline to scramble for first downs. I didn't think the contain was considered. Yeah, I mean, I do think Wyoming did some good things to, to force rushers away from where they were trying to get Peasley. I mean, you got to credit Crumb for a phenomenal job that he did with Mo Camara. But yeah, Peasley breaking containment was definitely a big issue for CSU in this game. Uh, we're going to keep this rolling, but I do want to shout out our partners real quick. Who are the pretenders? Who are the contenders? We're more than halfway through the NFL season. DraftKings Sportsbook. They are pumping out unbeatable offers. New customers. You can bet just 5 bucks and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. What's awesome is DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Broncos just proved anything is possible. Finally beat the Chiefs. At least it's not all misery for me as a football fan. But uh, get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app, use the code DNVR, new customers bet $5 on anything, get $200 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook. With the code DNVR, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction. Boyd in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Whew, I always feel like an auctioneer when I'm trying to get through that. <laughs> um, also want to shout out Game Time. Buying tickets should not be stressful, but we all know that buying tickets to everything has just become a pain in the ass in 2023. They hit you with, well, most sites, I should say, hit you with hidden fees. You don't know what you're getting into. Game time, they take all that crap out of it. They offer last-minute deals, flash deals, zone deals. You can get 18% off sometimes with some of their special offers. And what's great is the price you see is the price you get. You're not going to get hit with a hit with a bunch of backdoor fees at the end. Download game time. Use the code DNVR. Um, take the guesswork out of buying tickets. And again, when you use that code DNVR, you get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply again. Create an account and redeem that code. DNVR for $20 off. Download game time. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. All right. Let's get to some of these keys to the game. Again, I will answer more of your questions. So keep them coming. We'll especially get to them in that third quarter. But there are a couple of things I want to break down here. And, and I'll get into it more when I record a second pod. We all know the drill at this point. The... the Live pod is more about the vibes, about how we're feeling. It's about getting through this, about talking through all of this with you. And then, you know, the second pod, I have a chance to rewatch the game, really kind of nerd out, kind of dive into the details. But this one, 
it's pretty simple. It, it really is. I mean, the, the turnovers were a huge factor. Third down. You, you can't go 0 of 10 on third down and expect to be successful. Now, you can say that CSU was good on fourth down, which, you know, that's a small win, I suppose, a silver lining and an otherwise frustrating night. But when you go 0 of 10 on third down, Wyoming goes 5 of 12, almost 50%. You're not setting yourself up for success. And these were the things that we talked about going into the game. It really was that simple. Like neither of these offenses have been great or consistent all year. Who can stay on the field on third down? The defenses have been inconsistent, but both sides have some talent, which you can see at flash at times in this one. You can also see the, the times where they struggle. But if you, you can't sustain drives, you can't keep the sticks moving. It's going to be a tough night, and it really was in this one. I, I'll have to rewatch the, the game and, and really kind of dive into some of these plays before I can kind of give my thoughts on, on the play calls. I certainly know there were some that I disagreed with, but again, I think that's, I think at times that can be an exaggerated way to, to criticize the game. Sometimes it's a good play call, even if it didn't work, if, you know, it was the, the read was right, if, if the moment was right, maybe you just didn't execute. So I'll have to go back and check that out. Uh, turnovers and red zone opportunities. Wyoming, five opportunities in the red zone. CSU, only two. Field position was definitely a big factor, and turnovers were what set that up. I mean, they just didn't play complementary football, unfortunately. And in a game like this against a really disciplined team like Wyoming, not a recipe for success. It's It's really not rocket science. It was just... Bad execution in really timely spots for CSU. And if a couple of those plays go differently, maybe it's a completely different game going into the fourth quarter. But unfortunately, in that eight-minute stretch in the third quarter, the game just really broke open. It really got out of hand. And I said it before, I'll say it again. I do, I do have a lot of respect for the players for not laying down, for continuing to play hard. There was a great chase down by Justice Ross Simmons. You get the goal line stand, you know, you show some backbone in a moment where Wyoming is is looking to step on your throat to, you know, really rub the wind in your faces. You know, they would have celebrated the stadium, would have went crazy. So credit the defense for playing hard. Credit Justice Ross Simmons for not giving up on a play. But at the end of the day, it, it, effort is really the, the bare minimum here. So it, it's just tough to feel good, especially when you're, one in 19 in your last 20 rivalry games. As far as the CSU player of the game goes, I'm going to give it to linebacker Chase Wilson. He had eight total tackles in this one second on the team, only to Jack Howell. But he had two and a half for loss, one and a half sacks, and he also had a great pass breakup uh, where he was able to time it perfectly, hit the receiver in the middle of the field to uh, actually get a stop. One of the few times CSU was able to get off the field. So great game from Chase Wilson. I think he's been really, really solid this year after stepping up. It's awesome to see a Colorado kid get developed inside this program, work his way into his role and really make the most of it. And he kind of broke out in that season finale against New Mexico last year. Daquan Jackson was adamant that Chase was next in line, that he was going to be a stud. And he's been a really productive player this season. He plays physically. The dude absolutely can lay the wood obviously got ejected for targeting at one point this year on just a BS call. Uh, By the way, that roughing the passer flag early on in the game, super soft. Don't know what the defender is supposed to do there. 
But a shout out to Chase Wilson. I thought he had a really admirable performance. Uh, some helmet stickers, some other individuals worth recognizing in this one. Tori Horton. This dude's a warrior. Uh, he's as he's as tough as any player I've ever been around. He had seven catches for 58 yards. I really liked one of the quotes that Norvell had about him post game. A lot of receivers are like race cars. They have to be fine tuned. Everything has to be perfect for them to be able to go. And Tory, he just grinds it out. He goes out there. They weren't sure if he was even going to be able to play after halftime. Of course, he's going to play Tory dude's tough as nails. He's, <laughs> he's like a, if, if other receivers are, are like sports cars, Tori is like that Honda Civic. He, he's prettier than that, obviously, but he's just always going to get it done. He's dependable. It doesn't matter if it's 25 degrees and, and snowing sideways or 100 degrees and you got to go a couple hundred miles. He's going to get it done. Uh, helmet sticker for Lewis Brown. He had a great game. I think we had somebody say that in the comment section. Uh, five catches for 55 yards, one touchdown. It's great to see him and, and Jay Ross have these moments. Need to to see them get the ball a little bit more consistently. I would like to see Dallin Holker get some more targets in this one. Uh, helmet sticker for Dylan Goffney. He had four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown as well. SMU transfer has been productive these past couple of weeks, which is great to see. Can't all be on Tory. We know that. Um, but, you know, just really frustrating night for the offense. And a lot of that comes down to missed opportunities and turnovers. So really can only look in the mirror and, and blame yourselves, unfortunately, which is tough, but it's also a pretty common theme for CSU in these games. Obviously been just a, a brutal stretch. Um, shout out to FOCO as well, leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise. They have a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have hooked us up with all kinds of sick stuff for our set. They always have our back for Colorado sports. They'll have yours too. You can get 10% off if you visit the link in the podcast description uh, or just use the code DEN, DNVR. And uh, again, you can get 10% off for all non-presale items. Also, the Breckenridge Brewery. They have been our partners since day one. Love the endless variety that they offer. They've got a little something for everyone. Soon as this ends, I'm probably going to crack open an Avalanche Amber Ale. Looking forward to watching that Air Force Army game while I crank out some CSU Wyoming written content. And then ultimately at some point I'll get to that rewatch today so we can do the second pod. But Breck, they make any situation better, including when you are sitting in your office sulking because your alma mater has lost to its biggest rivalry or its biggest rival. Once again, excuse me, guys, I am exhausted and I'm, I'm running on fumes, but Breck, they make any situation better. Check out the Breck Brew locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Got a comment from my guy, Evan Hudson, music, friend of the pod. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, brother, a bowl is the goal. And I think that is a good place to, to take this, which is just that not making the postseason would be a huge disappointment. It, it changes the context of next year in a way that I really do not want to see. I understand that this was a total rebuild. It, it absolutely was. This program was a disaster when Jay got here. And the, the timing of it all was even tougher for this staff, given that they only had, I think it was 11 days to build their first recruiting class. They invest in a lot of seniors from previous regimes who ultimately leave you high and dry. 
you play your first year with scholarship totals in the low 50s. That's that's a tough spot. I do think they are recruiting well. I think that there has been improvement as a whole. But if you don't make a bowl with as much talent as you have, even if you are improved, and even if the league is improved, because I do think that's important to point out as well, Wyoming, Utah State, both of those teams are a hell of a lot better than the Wyoming and Utah State teams that we lost to in 2022. But it's a results business. And at some point, these these games that it feel winnable that you're in, obviously it's a three-point game in the third quarter. You have an opportunity to take the lead. You've got to find a way to finish and start pulling these out. And I don't know. I just I go back to that CU game and you have so much excitement. And it's like, all right, missed opportunity there, but so much to to look forward to. You get the win against Middle Tennessee State, who's had a rough year, although they're they're a tougher team than I think their record shows. But outside of that, and I guess Utah Tech, where you kind of stumble and figure it out, you go 17-0, then you kind of stumble, let them back into it, ultimately win the game by three scores, which is great. They just, they have not had enough consistency. And I do think that CSU has more talent than any of the three teams that they will play to close out the year. I also can't say boldly that the Rams are way better than these teams or with any type of confidence that they're going to win three games in a row. I just, based on everything we've seen to this point, it's hard to feel confident they're going to make it. Now, we'll have to wait and see. I'm not throwing in the towel. I I do think that this team is good enough. I, I certainly think that they're capable of winning them all, but I don't know. They just, they've just been really struggling of late and I'm struggling to comprehend why that is still the case. I I just, I don't know. You got to change something up though. You got to change something up. And I'm very interested to see how this team responds. I think that these guys have played hard. I think they have, a good veteran presence in that locker room that understands what's at stake here down the line. And we'll push. I, I really don't think this team is, is going to lay down. And I think that's a testament to their character. And I think that's a testament to the coaches as well. But at, like I said, at the end of the day, efforts, the bare minimum. And if you can't start pulling out some of these results, it's hard to continue to defend and, like I said, they just, they got to find a way. They got to find a way to make a bowl game. If they can't get to the bowl, the season's really going to feel like a disappointment. Now, that doesn't mean all of a sudden that you fire everybody and you close up shop because you didn't meet your expectations for this season. Continuity is the only way that this, this program is ever going to be able to establish any type of sustained success. But it certainly puts a ton of pressure on next year, which you'd rather it be all right, next year we're hoping to to get to a bowl for the second straight year and compete for a championship. Hopefully, that's what you're hoping. But if you don't make a bowl, all of a sudden it's, man, is Norvell going to be the guy? And, you know, people start talking about hot seat. And it just, it puts a lot of drama on a season that I don't want it to be. I don't, I just don't want that to be the case. I I think that would be really disappointing and ultimately could be, problematic for CSU getting forward at some point. I just, I also know that you can't ignore the results and 
while Jay Norvell has only been here for two years, you know, he, he is 0-5 in trophy games now at this point. He is a part of that as well. So that's that's on him. And I, I credit him. I have a lot of respect for him for taking total accountability post-game in a way that some coaches don't. But I also know that the fans have been through far too much over the last seven, eight years. And at some point, that patience is just going to run out. And I can't tell anybody that they're wrong because it's just been far, far too long since CSU has been consistently competitive, since they have won the games that have mattered. I know the feeling, guys. I know how sick and tired you are of driving home in, in silence after watching your school just completely let you down and it's happened time and time again under multiple staffs under multiple quarterbacks under multiple players though there's no rhyme there's no reason to it it's just it's like this boogeyman that is in our closet and we can't seem to get rid of Boise State was this glass ceiling that we couldn't seem to get through finally shattered it hopefully next year that's the case with some of these trophy games but it was really disappointing was really disappointing. Uh, we had a question or a comment from Brett here. Feels like we peaked against CU. It's been inconsistent since then. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's tough for me to argue that. I will say CU is not as good as the people thought they were after the first couple of weeks. That's now also true. I do think there was a lot of energy and, and drama on a national level that fueled CSU going into that game for better and for worse. But yeah, I mean, they, they have not, at least offensively, other than maybe that first quarter against Utah Tech where you had the couple of big plays to Torrey Horton, we just have not seen the Rams be able to uh, attack as, as consistently, especially with the, the vertical passing offense. And I just, I don't know what the deal is. I don't. I, I know that having a redshirt freshman quarterback is going to be a roller coaster experience, and it has been. It, it certainly has been, but you can't keep doing what you're doing because it's just not working. So they got to they got to shake some things up here over these final three weeks, or they're gonna miss uh they're gonna miss the postseason again, which is just insane to me. It's insane to me that this team continues to struggle, and I don't want to be over dramatic. I don't want to be the guy that's like, you know, fire everybody. All these players suck. That's not the case. It's just not. There is talent on the team. I do believe in these coaches. I understand why there's some skepticism given the the lack of results to this point. But I do think there is progress that's you can't argue. I mean, the passing offense is obviously better, even if it's inconsistent. The offensive line is is great. This D line has a ton of talent. I think the linebackers have played really well. I think they actually have defended the run really well these last three weeks. The three teams that really want to run it down your throat, and I don't think it's been bad. It hasn't been great. You are going to give up plays, especially in a conference like the Mountain West. It all comes down to offense, and that's what's probably been the most disappointing. It's just that offense is this staff's calling card, and it has been really, really inconsistent, despite the fact that you have a lot of talent. And I do understand that this season was never projected to be a situation where they were relying on a redshirt freshman who was, you know, trying to basically gain some experience and get some lumps as he goes through this. 
the hope was that Clay Millen would break out a guy who you had invested multiple years in a more veteran quarterback. That was the thought was that your veteran quarterback, it was his time to shine. You've got all these weapons. You're going to kill it. Instead, it's turned into a, a season where you're basically trying to develop a quarterback and compete at the same time, which is a tough thing to do. It, it really is, especially when the schedule has has proven to be challenging. And then a lot of these teams in the conference have been improved. But I mean, I can make excuses all morning long. At the end of the day, you lost. You lost the border war again. The bronze boots still in Laramie. One in 19 in your last trophy games. And while that's not all on this staff, that's not all on this team. It is their responsibility to turn it around at some point. And I just, I don't know when that's going to be because I really thought that this was going to be the year and it wasn't, unfortunately it wasn't. And like so many of you, I'm just, I'm worn down. I'm really worn down at this point. So we'll see, I guess we'll see what happens over this final month. If you can make a bowl game, I think there's a lot of positive things that can come out of that for one you get an extra month of practice, which is huge. Just keeping everybody in rhythm and keeping the the mission in mind and keeping everybody in the building for an extra month. And then, you know, you, you roll that into the winter workouts and into spring ball. And that's the, that's the biggest benefit of, of being in a bowl. It's not that you get all this glory from being in the Boise, Idaho potato bowl or the New Mexico bowl or anything like that. It's that you get to keep working with your team especially when you've got young quarterbacks and young receivers who you really need to, to develop and you need to gain more valuable experience. That's just huge. So we'll see. I, I think that reaching a bowl game, it, it would be absolutely massive for this program. It would earn back a lot of the goodwill that's maybe been lost over these last couple of weeks. I think it's certainly safe to to say that a lot of the a lot of the fans are teetering at the moment and I can't really blame you guys, but you know, at the end of the day, you just got to believe <laughs> you just got to believe that it'll turn around for CSU someday. Now, maybe it's not this year, but maybe it'll be down the line. I don't know, man. I don't know. I do know that this team has talent. I do know that this team makes me want to pull my hair out at times, but I also know that, I'm, uh, I'm thankful that I get to do this for a living. I'm thankful for all of you guys for tuning in. Much love, Tim. Much love, Taylor. I appreciate you guys in the comment. Uh, you guys are the ones that rule. So I hope everybody is able to enjoy their weekend. Not let this one bring you down too much. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to be in kind of a bad mood for like two, three days at least. That's just... That's what happens when you lose these games that matter. There's so much at stake. You know, the rivalry is played out on the field, but Really, it's something that lives on within these communities. I already have multiple Wyoming fans that have texted me this morning. I know a lot of you guys have to deal with Wyoming fans on Twitter and in your communities even. And that's what makes these rivalry games fun. It, it's the stakes. It's it's also what makes it just so gut-wrenching when you come up short. And the fact that CSU has come up short time and time again now for eight years that's just crazy to me. November 2015, guys. That's the last time CSU fans got to see a trophy win in person. And it was in Laramie. So, it, I mean, they did beat Air Force that year too. But it's just... It's wild. So, I don't know what else to say. Um, really disappointing performance. 
I'm proud that they didn't lay down and showed a lot of fight. But at the end of the day, the bronze boot is in Laramie. And that makes all CSU fans really sick to their stomach. So stinks. Bummer. Got to move on. Got to got to find a way to get to the postseason. Got to get to a bowl. That's the goal here. Anything short of that is going to be a disappointment. If that's the case, then you reassess your evaluation when that happens or your expectations when that happens. But um, it's where we're at right now. And it's unfortunate, but that's just the reality. So that's all I've got. Uh, Thank you to everybody for tuning in. As always, I'll have another pod talking about this as well. Much love to everybody in the comment section. Enjoy your weekend. Always proud to be. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli, turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys, like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like not from.